0: This is Passion for Your Passions podcast, where we talk about our passions, both the present obsessions and lifetime goals. I'm Julie. And I'm Krista. And today, beep, beep, Julie
1: wants a sheep. So, what I gotta talk about this week is I have to talk about Great British Bake Off, which I know, I am... Not on the time, because I'm not even talking about this season of Great British Bake Off. I'm talking about the last season of Great British Bake Off. I haven't watched the current season yet. Okay. (laughs) Did you watch the one that happened during 2020? Yes. Okay. I just finished watching that one. And I (sighs) (sighs) have some feelings, do you? (laughs) Yeah, that season probably annoyed me almost more than anything. It's really rough, guys. That's the probably one. Okay, I don't want to say that that's the worst thing about COVID because obviously the death and dying and the (laughs) destruction—that's insensitive. That's that's bad. But but they ruined my show. Well, it's not that. It's that nothing is happening. Like there's nothing to look forward to. There's like nothing new occurring essentially because COVID. You know, things can't be produced as quickly and this and that. So like one of them is basically no video games are coming out. One of them is TV shows aren't really coming out. And the ones that are coming out feel really weird. Or same with movies. I've seen like a couple movies that have come out during COVID times. They always feel a little bit weird. Like they were not fully produced to the highest of their capability. Like that was kind of how, I don't know actually if you saw it. Did you see Shang-Chi? It's not a bad movie. But like you can tell. There's definitely a few scenes where you're like, yeah, you didn't have like the best time doing this. You didn't have as much time to do um the technical stuff, I guess is the way I would put it. Anyway, getting back to Great British Bake Off. So I really like Great British Bake Off. But there are two things that really annoy me. And I just I just need to grieve this to people. So one of them is and I have heard two sides of debate for this. So I'm not like super strong into this, but I don't really like technicals and I can see the argument for them. It's just, I think for me it's more, I don't like the way that they do them because sometimes it feels unfair. Like sometimes they'll give them a challenge and it's like, it's not really stuff that they should know or stuff that like you necessarily would know as a baker. It's like, if you've never baked, that very specific thing, you're kind of screwed. So, like, I think one of them that came up this season that I felt that way about was the
0: thing where they put the lemon in the thing. The thing, the pot pie that no one would fucking eat anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That one, to me, was just, like, that just felt so mean. Because it was, like, who the fuck would take a whole lemon (laughs) and put it in a pot pie, basically, as Julie described. Like... The way that they described it even, I was like, how can this taste good? I just, this is the weirdest thing to me. Anyway, that's kind of how I feel about technicals. Like, I think if they did technicals in more of a specific way where it was like, hey, you know, take these concepts and like, Learn from your concepts and, like, you know, core things and have that be unknown. I could understand it. It's just more the times when they're like, here's this really weird, obscure thing that you will have never heard
0: about at all. Here's this Jewish pastry from, like, 200 years ago that no one even eats anymore. Isn't it cool? Go and bake naan on an open fire. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why would you do that? Yeah, I get it to a degree because it separates people who can learn and adapt versus you get a whole week to plan this dessert like anyone can plan and practice and do but it's another thing to be like throwing a curveball i think what would be a better version of a technical is to give them a recipe that could be approved upon like you know how ratatouille did it with ratatouille like this recipe's shit like (laughs) but you want to keep an idea of it and improve upon it i think that would be a smart way Because then they could still use the skills they're comfortable with and also, like, reflect what they've learned and how they progress because maybe they weren't so comfortable with, like, meringue shells before, but now they're using them, like, in this variation of creating a perfected recipe. I think that'd be a smarter way to do something like a technical.
1: Yeah, no, that, honestly, that's probably the best version that I've heard of that. Like, take things that are already classic or whatever and just be like, hey... Make your best version of this. And you know, they still wouldn't maybe be given time, you know, no they to wouldn't... like learn it or whatever, but it's yeah. like, hey, we're gonna you're gonna have to make a trifle or whatever. I still make like the your idea... best version. Sorry.
0: I still like the idea of it being unknown until that moment. Like mm-hmm. you have right now to think of this. You don't get to practice it. You don't get to come up with some elaborate thing over like a week. Right now in this moment, act under pressure. I still like that. Yeah. So,
1: because to me too, I guess like one of the other things I was gonna point out about technicals is a lot of times what happens, and this is part of the reason why I don't like it and it feels unfair to me, is like either nobody knows what the hell they're doing at all and it's just a complete crapshoot, or nobody knows what the hell that they're doing and it's a complete crapshoot except for one guy has made it before, so of course they do the best, but like everybody else basically sucks at it. That's pretty much what happens every single time, and it's like this is really not that interesting to me. Like, it's not cool to, like, sit here and be like, yeah, this guy made Jewish bagels before. Like, he specifically learned how to do that for some... whatever the reason was. He had a passion for it. It's like, okay. That doesn't really, like, tell me that he knows how to do this under pressure. It's just he was lucky and he did that specifically.
0: Yeah, I understand the idea behind it, because as a baker, I get what they're trying to get you to do. Because I know when I read a new recipe... I will know exactly what they're trying to get me to do. And nine times out of 10, they're telling me the wrong way. And I know that because I've done that particular thing. I've made a custard. I've made that kind of dough however many times. And so they're trying to instill that. But instead of doing that exactly, they just give you a really vague recipe for something nobody knows. And so yeah, it'll have techniques that's like, why the fuck would I know that? It's like, well, you're supposed to figure it out when I tell you this handful of obscure things that obviously you have to wait for it to bubble and wait for it to do resting periods and like, yeah, And like to what you said, they're so obscure. It's not stuff you're just gonna know from other recipes. It's like this very specific, weird thing. Yeah,
1: like the thing with the lemon. Because nobody got the thing with the lemon right because they didn't put it in for long enough. And it's like, none of them... It's like, why would they know? Like, how <laughs> would, would do you this? Know this? Like, you basically had to steam it for like two hours to make it do the thing that they wanted it to do. And it's like, why would they know how to do that? Like... I don't feel like steaming bakery goods is, like, a super common thing, especially not doing it with a whole lemon inside of it. So, like...
0: <laughs> well, the other part of it is, is, like, they don't always go to other cultures. They tend to stay with the white people, as i whole put it. They almost always do stuff that's, like, French or, like, Jewish or British, like, those kinds of things. I would be more interested in seeing them trying to do, like, a Japanese dessert because that is different technique. That you have to try to infer upon when you read the recipe that there is a lot of steaming with Japanese baking. And so they imply that you're supposed to know these things without giving you the setup before. So it would make more sense if like their opener would be, hey, make a Japanese steamed bun and put your flavors in it or whatever. And then the next technical will be a steamed dessert, like using like the ideas you're supposed to pick up on that and use it in the next technical Yeah. to make sure you learned it and you could do it with a recipe you didn't create. See, Julia knows what I'm talking about. She gets <laughs> She gets what I'm trying to say. She puts it into the baking words.
1: Okay, okay second part of this, because I have to talk about the second part, because this was actually the part that really annoyed me. The technical thing is just a thing I've felt for a long time. I'm waiting. <laughs> I do not like how sometimes they will pick who wins and who loses. Because there has been several times where they have picked somebody over somebody else who was clearly the better baker.
0: You're preaching to the choir, okay? (laughs) I cannot
1: tell you how much that annoys me. And I get... There's a part of me that gets it. Like, I think the purpose of it is, like, Great British Bake Off is, like, not supposed to be so serious. And, like, you could make that argument for that's the reason why they're doing it. Like, they're not trying to... I don't know, be like this toxic kind of whatever where it's like cutthroat, you know, get to the, like, it's just like people baking, you have a good week, you have a bad week, this and that. But like, my whole thing is when I watch these kind of shows, I want to watch people who are good bakers continue on and have a chance to win. So when you have a really good baker and a really bad baker, and you choose to cut the really good baker and keep the really bad baker and keep them for week after week after week. I'm It drives me absolutely bananas. And so this season was probably the worst example of that. This season, like, it was pretty much exactly what I said. There was, like, a really good baker. And to be honest, I don't even really think she did that bad during that week. Like, she didn't do as good as she had been doing like in the past week she had like a couple of mishaps or whatever but like I think they still generally liked her stuff it's just they were like oh you didn't do as good as you have been doing and then the other girl I think she didn't do very good either and I was like I was so certain and I think by that point too I was already like pretty pissed with this particular person because like she had already kind of gotten through a couple times and I
0: was like it was like no. every episode, she was <laughs> in the bottom two. And you like, it's this week. It's got to be this week. You got to go. And then she never fucking did. Yeah. And I get why it happens. And it's because until the last competition aspect, they have to go by that week. They can't think about the past. Unless it helps them. And that's why it makes me mad. Like, you either do or you don't. Like, you either... They should. They should see the growth. They should see people like progress but what would happen with her is let's say she was always at a 60% every week she was consistently okay like I guess didn't totally fuck up but didn't do anything that anyone really liked she was always at 60% and what would happen is one person would be at 50 that week and they cut the 50 instead of her because they're not supposed to reflect on the past weeks but really what they're saying is they're not going to reflect on the past weeks or the people they like And that just, I do not do like baking. I did like a short baking competition with like friends of friends and competition. I don't give a fuck like about friendship or about whomever. It's, I don't care what it is. It's not fun. It's a competition. Like that's just, that's just who I am. And so like, even if you hate coconut or hate like some flavor, you shouldn't be a judge then, or you should be able to subject from that and say like, I'm not a coconut fan, but I can tell xyz you did a good job right and with like personal local ones that never happens there's always some motherfucker who's like oh i don't like almonds so i hated your whole dessert like well then get the fuck off the (laughs) like contest stand like clearly not to be conceited i crushed the competition but because you didn't like this and so that's reflected kind of with the hosts bonding with them and it was so much worse in the 2021 because they're living together they're like constantly around each other and they really like that contestant And to be fair, I can tell she probably used a lot of flavor. And that's something that a lot of people in the Great British Bake Off struggle with. They don't want to be too overpowering or they use the same kind of mellow flavors while she was using like American flavors, like strong chocolates and like, so I get why they liked her, but that shouldn't fucking matter. Like she was always underselling, always inconsistent but she's kept getting lucky where one person would just be like 10% worse than her that week and so they cut that person and it was yeah and that one too
1: the one that I'm talking about which if people have watched this season they probably know what I'm talking about that one was like particularly heartbreaking because like I said I don't even think that she did that bad it was basically like she didn't do as well as she had the other weeks and
0: that was You're when talking they about cut her the person who I basically that's me like Yeah, She was what I would be doing half the time And I think it was like the chocolate one I think like the big chocolate Showstopper That she got kicked Because she just like Every step of the way she had something bad happen with her bake And The other woman just made it by the barely Like she would have been kicked if Our favorite essentially was just like One step ahead Like just had a little bit higher Stupid (laughs) It
1: just... (laughs) I really like like I said, there's a part of me that understands why they do this because they don't want to be cut through, or I don't even know if that's the reason to be honest with you. I'm just assuming that's the reason but like, I just, I don't like it. Like, I want to see people who are good at baking continue on and this has happened in other seasons like there have been other seasons where they have cut people who I really liked, or I thought was good bakers, or at least interesting, and then kept people who were just not doing that well. And, like, they continued, even, like, after that, to not do that well. And it's like, look, like, I understand, I get it to a certain degree, but, like, I don't want to watch this person who's not doing very well. Like, it's not, it's really not interesting to me. (laughs) I think the main
0: reason, besides whatever personal conflicts they may or may not have, I think the main reason it's designed this way is because the idea is they're looking for the best all-around baker. And so they don't want you to have a weak point at any time. And that's their way of also equaling the playing field, is that you might be good at breads, but I'm great at, like, chocolate. And so there'll be an episode about bread, there'll be an episode about chocolate. The The reason why it doesn't work, though, is if we're in the final five, and I have smoked you the entire fucking time. I've been number one, star baker but this week it happens to be bread and I'm not that good at bread. I can get kicked just because I ruined like one bread and maybe you were just okay and barely struggled along, but because like it was so many people, you just always got by. And now that bread is your thing, you got the star baker and you win the show when really you just had good luck on the timing of when your hot moments came. Like that's, so I get why they do it. They're trying to make it like fair and that they want to find the best all around baker, but then they should reflect on the past or don't at all that's what yeah that's the see, kicker that's also weird though too and i mean you know we should probably move on here soon <laughs> but we like, stopped doing story time because it took too long and here we are i I'm know like, but 20- this <laughs> i was
1: very passionate about this i needed to talk about it but is they also make a really big deal about growth
0: so it's that's it's what just i'm saying confusing like confusing conflicting me. and it yeah. seems like they only use it when they're personally attached to somebody yeah. And they should either use it or don't. Like, that, it shouldn't be these, like, half measures. And I'm perfectly okay for them waiting till the end to use it. But then, yeah, they can't say, well, you haven't changed every week. What's right. that fucking matter? That's not the point. Like, you purposely made that not the point unless I make it to the top three. Yeah,
1: I I
0: personally think
1: that they should look back and it be kind of like, look, like, you've been struggling, you just, like, have not improved, basically. That is more the argument that I'm looking for. Like, if you've been there for, like, four weeks, and you've shown no improvement, and, like, again, it's like that situation where you're neck and neck with somebody, it's like, pick the person who's doing a good job. Like, don't pick the person who has, like, not improved at all, basically. <laughs> That's not interesting to me. Like, I don't want to just watch a person struggle. Yeah. I don't
0: find that interesting. But I think what would be an interesting take is the first two episodes cut two people. Like, the two people that just, like, right off the bat, you're like, shouldn't have picked you. <laughs> like, you, there's always at least one that you're like, oh, man, like, that was rough. Or, like, two or three do that. And then just have, like, everyone's name on a scoreboard and, like, put them in order. And as people are improved or get worse, just, like... Instead of having the talk, where are like, this is the Star Baker. They'll just walk up to the board in silence and just shift people around. <laughs> like, in complete silence. <laughs> in complete silence. Like, <laughs> I think that'd be so much better. Like, just harrowing. Like, the ho- they don't have to even, they don't have to say a goddamn word. They could just shift names. like <laughs> and, and then just walk away. Like, they don't say why. And everyone has to figure out, like, shit, I went down, I have to practice. (laughs) Just give everyone 10% more anxiety.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's the title for this episode. Just give everyone 10% 10 more more. anxiety.
0: And then when you're, like, halfway through the season, cut the bottom two and just keep doing that shit. (laughs) Until you're down to, like, three or four people. And then be like, here's your scorecard of why we kept, like, your percentage over time (laughs) and stuff. You get your history packet. <laughs> beep, beep, I'm a sheep. I said, beep, beep, I'm a sheep. be
1: yeah. you So, uh, so Julie so wants sheep. sheep. <laughs> Julie wants some sheep, guys. Sheep. Um, That's enough about Great British Bake Off. I had to get it off my chest. It took too long, it's fine. <laughs> but it's fine. So, so this episode's <laughs> about
0: sheep people. Yeah. Well, not people that are sheep. There are sheep in the Great British Bake Off. There you go. So <laughs> there's also cheese, which is can be made from the milk of a sheep. So, yeah, there's a few cheeses that make sheep. But today we're cheeses here. Cheeses that make sheep. Oh. What's <laughs> a- They just form into they the shape of sheep. A sheep. A- that's how sheep, when they pass away, instead of decomposing, they turn into and cheese. And because sheep have great flocking
1: tendencies. You're supposed to say that in the opener. <laughs> <Because, laughs> Mr. your moment. Because sheep have great flocking tendencies. You put the cheese sheep out in the field and then they all
0: just flocked him. What are you talking about? <laughs> what is happening? Sheep. Have good flocking. To <laughs> okay, <the sea. laughs> you keep saying it. It's
1: not they. If you have two, if you have one sheep, that sheep is unhappy. It will show signs of depression. You have two sheep. The sheep will show signs of depression. <laughs> You're still depressed <laughs> when you reach when you have three. They're far happier and they're not depressed anymore. Okay. So if you ever need to do a scientific study that has to do with flocking, sheep are the best for this.
0: All right, that's it. That's my that's, first fact. That's,
1: that's your thing. My okay. first fact. So, like, <laughs> let's get, let's get back to the just the topic first. I think so.
0: Let's get back to Great British Bake Off. Like, what? Yeah, we're
1: gonna. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're talking on. about cheese
0: sheep. No cheese sheep. <laughs> such dairy sheep, <laughs> guys. Such, such <laughs> only one sheep, guys. <laughs> and Kristen knows a ton about this topic, clearly, since so she knows they're called cheese sheep and not dairy. Sheep. (laughs) No. Yeah. Julie wants sheep,
1: and she has kind of an ongoing farm situation. So she's going to talk about why she wants sheep. What reason? What she's going to do with these sheep. How it will be to be a person with sheep. And I'm going to, you know, just generally ask her questions and probably also (laughs) have facts randomly. (laughs) I don't like the face that you're giving (laughs) We're off to a great
0: start. Um. (laughs) This is the episode, guys. We're gonna make you, uh... Can you tell it's nighttime here by our behavior?
1: (laughs) And that sheep was a really hard episode for Krista. Because basically she tried to make the outline and was like... Yeah, she just kind of write, the, wrote her names repeatedly. Like I was like,
0: I don't know what the sure. fuck I'm
1: going to talk about.
0: <laughs> I don't know shit about sheep. I tried to do an outline that included her, and she just still decided, like, no, this is you. I just kind of stopped, didn't write in her comments already. I found facts. <laughs> I found facts that I can just throw in
1: while instead asking okay. you about sheep. So, Julie, what are your feelings about farms and sheep and everything in general? Why do you
0: want this? A plus. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll start with kind of my current experience and note that as part of how I walk through life, I don't know if it's because I play video games or because I'm competitive or because I'm ADHD, but I think of my skills and my, like, goals and task leveling form. And so because I farm to a degree, I feel like I have to keep, leveling that skill up and I've never had livestock per se. We've growing up I had chickens but anyone who's had chickens knows that's like pretty low on the pole of like responsibilities for animals and I mean I had pet rabbits and pet dogs and things but uh, I figured I should probably like level up a bit because I like homesteading I like being at home. And as usual my mom had a weird random influence because she's just a weird person. And I don't know as we've mentioned before. I don't understand my mother's train of thought half the time or why she says why she says the things she says. But one of the things she said specifically about me is that she could see me making cheeses because I like touching things. And I'm like you're not supposed to touch like <laughs> I'm like what does that even mean? And it's because she like watched a documentary about making cheese and it shows them like, you know, tying mozzarella or like checking the surface of feta cheese and stuff. And so she's like, I think you'd be good at that. Cause you like touching stuff. Okay, mom. <laughs> That's, all right. That is just a weird thing to say. It is. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, I do like touching things. <laughs> Maybe I will make cheese. Maybe I will make cheese. Like, when I go through department stores of clothes, like, I have to touch all of the clothes. Like, I do that. I I like soft things. (laughs) I have plants specifically because they're soft. Like, I just, I guess I'm weird. But, um, so I was like, okay, I want to make cheese. I need something that produces milk (laughs) to do cheese. And so I started looking into the three main animals that produce milk to make cheeses, and that would be goats, cows, and sheep. And I essentially found someone who had the same line of thought I did. On like, what one do I want? I know I want milk. <laughs> like Literally the same vein of thought. And she did this whole like 10 page thing where she tried the milk of all three and worked with all three animals and wrote like a whole chart about the pros and cons of each and like what everything does. And I found out that sheep's milk is the easiest to digest It's the sweetest, um, and that the cheeses you make from it are, tend to be my favorite cheeses. They're like feta cheese, romano, ricotta. I use those a lot. And so to me, it just made sense that I would go that way. And then I thought about goats, because I do love goat cheese, and people always tell me to get goats because they think they're cute. But those bastards will undermine you at every turn. And I don't need that kind of stress in my life. (laughs) So with sheep, you could just put a board in front of them and they're like, oh God. And they just like turn around. Like they won't cross it. (laughs) They're very just docile in that way where they're like, nah, (laughs) like that seems like I'm not supposed to go there. Well, if you put an electric fence up with spikes on it, a goat's like, that's a challenge that I'll take. Like it's, and obviously not every sheep is completely like that or every goat is completely like that, but that's generally, where they tend to go. <laughs> so I picked Sheep specifically because of that. And then I knit, and I use yarn. And to be completely honest, <laughs> the main reason why I wanted Sheep is because Babe, the movie is like what I want my life to be. <laughs> and I watch that movie like once a month. That is one of my favorite movies. I'm just like, this is the dream. Like this is what I want, <laughs> like this exact thing. <laughs> like, I want it to be my life. And so I think that's really why I decided on Sheep That's just the next level to me. Like, it's not even that I want that to be my career path or that it's going to be my whole life goal and everything. It's just the next level of what I do farming-wise. Well, just remember, Julie, that sheep have square
1: pupils, which means that they can see behind them. So you will never sneak up on your sheep. (laughs)
0: Never. (laughs) They are very, they can be pretty skittish. If you don't bond with them, you'll never be able to milk them. They'll be terrified of you. (laughs) Like, all right.
1: Yeah. It's actually, it's weird. I mean, I have a whole bunch of facts, but like one of the facts that I saw was apparently like sheep are very smart, which I think a lot of people don't realize. They're like about as smart as pigs, which pigs are kind of known to be one of the smarter animals and apparently like they remember faces for years Mm -hmm. it's like not even just like a yeah you know like i saw a face one month ago type like they'll
0: remember you like for years so and they have a range of emotions i don't get the hype with cows online they're the dumbest fucking animals like and they're huge so it's just tenfold that you're just like oh my god get out of the way like i don't understand they don't have emotions but sheep do (laughs) And goats have a lot of rage, so like I I get that a lot more. (laughs) But yeah, I I kind of assume sheep are dumb, I will blame Babe for making them dumb. But when I was reading the same facts probably about like their range range of emotion that they can be bored, they can be depressed, they can do all these things that like you don't really associate with sheep. You're kind of just like, Mm. I mean what's your lifespan anyway? (laughs) Oh yeah, one of the ones that I saw on
1: here that I thought was really interesting was that apparently sheep will
0: self-medicate. Yeah, they'll eat herbs that make them feel a particular way or to solve, yeah. like, a toothache. Yeah. So that's... That's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, they like, they know that stuff.
1: I mean, I guess, you know, they put in so much grass in their mouth, they probably... <laughs> <laughs> they could just des- decide on
0: differences. Yeah. They were like, well, "Whoa, did you eat that one grass? Did you eat that shit? <laughs> like, I feel I'm, great. <laughs> <laughs> you should go eat that stuff. Go things. eat it, man. Like... You eat, said your tooth are hurt. go fucking eat. Eating that, some like,
1: poppy flowers. You're like, I got uh, high. High as shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean,
1: yeah. like I said, sheep have high flocking <laughs> tendencies. Oh <my> God. <laughs>
0: That's the it's title. Okay. Just like sheep have high <laughs> flocking tendencies, Can just I? like in
1: all caps. So I was like looking through these facts while you were talking a little bit, but I was paying attention. <laughs> I, I was. What am I, you teacher? <laughs> I teacher, I was paying. <laughs> yeah. I promise while I was looking up sheep facts for this sheep essay. I just had to say this one because I thought it was so random when I saw it. That in the 1600s, England declared it illegal to import, import sheep to America to gain supremacy in wool clothing production. Violation of the law was punishable by cutting off the person's hand.
0: See, I want to be a bandit too, so that's why I'm- Wool I really clothing
1: <laughs> supremacy.
0: So the other problem, well, not problem. The other thing I really have to think about is what kind of sheep I want. I know I want dairy, but typically sheep have four possible uh, resources. One wool, obviously, two milk, three meat. And the fourth one is to maintain like breeding stock and heritage sheep is what they're called. So to maintain like a line of a species of sheep. So I have to kind of decide like, obviously number one is milk, but you usually get two for one out of a sheep. You can't really get more than two because then they're all kind of weak. So like the wool's okay, but no one's gonna buy that because it's a lower quality because it's just average. And the milk, they don't produce as much. And the meat is not as tender. That's kind of the idea. But yeah, you can get like grants and everything for having heritage lines. And so I have to decide that. <laughs> I really want the super cute sheep from Scotland. Like they're called like the cutest sheep and they really are. And I just want them really badly for no reason. <laughs> like just, I just want them to have them... And to look at them. <laughs> Are they good for anything? Not really. <laughs> they're, they're like one of the middle ground ones where they're not bad at anything, but that also means they're not great at anything. And so a lot of people in Scotland that started have, breeding them because they're from New Zealand specifically sell the lambs as like gifts and stuff. Like people keep them as pets because they're so freaking adorable. <laughs> Can you have different kinds of sheep? Yeah. Like they'll be fine.
1: They won't like... I mean, I guess they're prey. They're not
0: predators, but, like, they won't attack each other or anything. Uh, You usually don't have a ram, or you just have one. Typically, you'll contact, like, another farmer who specifically has ram for breeding. And so, essentially, you have nothing but females, and they tend to flock. So then they all get along. They're not very territorial or aggressive in that way. Even the ram, it's only to a degree or during certain periods. It's the goats that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'll fuck your life up. <laughs> the mating season. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah, but to be fair, you don't mess with, you don't mess with anything during mating season.
0: No, that's just that's what Don't Starve taught me, you know.
1: <laughs> okay, I have one other fact that I'm going to put out there, just because I looked at this several times, and uh, while I do understand what this says, I just feel like every time I've looked at this, I'd be like, I feel like this is an alien language. But it's basically just the description of what sheeps are. <laughs> so this is, I think, the Wikipedia, like, what sheeps are. Sheep are quadrupedal ruminant mammals, typically kept as livestock. Like all ruminants, sheeps are members of the order, are the even-toed ungulates. Mm-hmm. Even though the name sheep applies to many species in the genus Ovis, in everyday usage, it almost always refers to Ovis Aries. And I'm like, there's so many words in there and where I'm like, like, yeah,
0: a lot of words. Mm-hmm. I can,
1: I can get through it, but it, it just it feels like you're speaking an alien la- like language. Some to dark
0: me. Latin, <laughs> especially
1: the part about the even-toed ungulates. I'm, I think that just has to do with their hooves. Like it's like their Too hooves dope. are split. Yeah. Which, okay, I didn't know there was a word for that.
0: There has to be. There's a word for everything. <laughs> so the other thing about sheep's milk that I really liked was it's the easiest for us to digest because of how it reacts to our lactase in our stomach. So for people that are lactose intolerant they would have an easier time drinking sheep's milk versus cow's milk. I think is technically the hardest for us to digest um, because it has the most vitamins but we can't process most of it so it doesn't really matter. So technically we get more nutritional value out of sheep's milk than we do from the other two main milks that we drink. So I really liked that idea that, you know, as you get older, no matter how lack of lactose intolerant you are, because I will never accept that in my life, it doesn't matter, like you have a harder time processing anything, (laughs) so, and that's one of the big things that you slowly lose over time. So I like the idea of just having access to it and still being able to drink or bake or do whatever I want to do with it. So that was one of the other key reasons I decided on sheep versus everything else. And I have decided that once I get sheep down, I might expand, and level up more, like get alpaca, maybe like a goat, a little pygmy one.
1: <laughs> so when do you think
0: like you're actually going to get a sheep? Do you have a plan for that yet? Well, I have a lot to do. <laughs> um, and I also just have a lot to learn. I'm trying to nail beekeeping currently. Like once I have that fully established that's my next level and then <laughs> I'll progress to sheep but it's also just a big investment like I have to build a building for them I have to fence in the area that I have marked and then you know just research because I still don't really know what to do with all the lamb because after a while I can't keep keeping them <laughs> I'll, ha- I'll reach my limit <laughs> I'm just keeping them well I mean I suppose if you get rid of the ram though well yeah, I don't have to worry about like crossbreeding or uh, inbreeding but like I have a limited space, <laughs> so at some point I'll hit the threshold of like, fuck, I can't keep any more babies. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, though. You won't be making babies, though, if you get rid of the ram, will you? That's how you get milk. You have to... Oh, you have to have one. You have to get... Oh, right, right. The sheep pregnant to start mm-hmm. producing milk, and then you keep the lamb, and you... I don't remember, like, the breaking point, because, I mean, you if you milk them every day, the idea is, like, they maintain milk a lot longer... But there is eventually a point where they're like, dude, I was pregnant like two years ago. Like, I'm tapped out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm done now. I'm done. (laughs) So you have to keep producing sheep. It's typically yearly, like, every spring. Yeah. They'll have lamb. And I don't have the heart to deal with that. (laughs) So I'll probably just, like, give someone a discount. Like, you gotta come get them. I can't be home that day. (laughs) I can't. They'll just be gone. I'll just create a narrative in my head and they'll just be gone. And then I'll sleep in the barn with the moms while they cry and console them, and then we'll move on. (laughs) I can't know what you're doing. (laughs) I mean, I've I've had to kill livestock and everything, and I can separate myself. The hard part would be the moms remember. They mourn, and I don't know how I can handle that if I had a hand in it. Like, just, oof. Like, I don't even think I could take the lamb away. I think that'd be too... Like, I, not even disposing of it. I don't think I could just take it. <laughs> like, that would be uh, hard on me. <laughs> no. Man, that does sound rough.
1: <laughs> it's also weird, too, because uh, sheep will either have one or
0: two. Most, like, most of the time they have two. Yeah,
1: so you're always doubling. Yeah. Well,
0: per one, I guess.
1: And, and I think that they live for a while, too. Like, ten or twelve
0: years. Yeah, they live so. for a hot minute, depending on, you know, everything, but they're also the first animal that was cloned. I remember which reading I mean, about I don't, that. Which, I mean,
1: I don't have a lot of interesting facts about that. That just is a fact.
0: Yeah, I first remember reading about clone. that when it was, like, new. Because I think it was in my Guinness World Record book or something silly. It was one of those. Or an ency- I used to be obsessed with encyclopedias. It might have been one of those. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think, I mean, okay. I don't really keep up on cloning research. That's not what I do as a chemist. I don't feel like we really do that as much anymore. I feel like this was back during a time when people were like, oh, yeah, cool. And now people have sort of come to the opinion of like, no, that's not cool. Don't clone people. Don't do that. And so like now people don't
0: clone things anymore. They clone cells. So instead of, because before the goal was like, I want to make an exact copy in every way and see what life happens. And then the sci-fi community came out with all the movies and like science fiction that's like, no, that's morally corrupt because we'll do this like, and so it became this taboo like question of morality. So now instead they just clone cells and they'll make right now like the big thing is the ghost organs. They've been able to recreate a heart by cloning cells and being able to like use it. Yeah. So they're taking away from like identity and creatures and going towards into like pieces of things, or like where they pick up prehistoric DNA and try to do Jurassic Park and shit. Yeah. That's the other thing.
1: I mean, that is... Well, I mean, not the Jurassic Park thing, but that is cool, but also, like, slightly creepy. I feel like it's slightly creepy, but I'm, I suppose it's cooler than the alternative, which is having a robotic heart.
0: See, I'm all about the robots. I'm like, why aren't we doing more? I want to be a cyborg. Like, come on. I'm tired of having busted up eyes that I got put contacts in. Our knees and elbows go to shit eventually, no matter how healthy. Just give me robot everything. <laughs> I don't care.
1: (laughs) I think it'd be good if you can make good ones. I mean, I think the problem with like implants and like all of those different kinds of things is eventually they do go bad. And you know, you have to either replace them or whatever. Because like, here's a little known fact that I think a lot of people don't know. But like when you get implants, for example, boobs,
0: breasts, (laughs) Breastuses? Why are you making it awkward? (laughs) That's just the point. We have Um. a pair, each of us. Like, it's fine. I don't know if you knew that. Chris and I both have boobs. They happen to be real. Well, now you're making it way worse. You you start. (laughs) Okay.
1: When you get boob implants, you do eventually have to replace them because if you don't, and I would say the time period is probably like 10 years. If you don't, they will go bad, and they can make you sick.
0: But see, how is that different than my knee giving out anyway?
1: I'm not necessarily saying that it's different. I guess. I guess to me the it's theoretical the same... point would be like, for example, like a heart. You would hope that that wouldn't <laughs> that that wouldn't go bad as quickly as like a mechanical, you know, can rust or whatever the issue is.
0: Well, to me, it's better because it's more predictable. I mean, obviously, at first, there'll be some weird You can't go near magnets. Well, I don't go near them anyway, intentionally. I... There's... Ever since I heard this, like, horror story about some kid in India, I'm like, fuck magnets, man. Like, it was the neodymium magnets. We sold them at Amazon. And someone Like, they would get stuck to shit. And you'd just be like, (laughs) you couldn't pull them off. They'd be everywhere. Like, just little ones, big ones. And we'd, like, try to pull them off, but you can't get a grip on them or whatever. And apparently, they were restricted on how they got sold eventually, because there was some kid, I believe he was from India, he swallowed one, as, you know, kids can do, and then hours later, swallowed another one, and they forced together and shredded him from the inside. Yeah. And he died, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah. So that okay. I won't go near magnets anyway. <laughs> okay, I <me>. will. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, because I know, because there was a guy, roughly our age, who had a pacemaker. Never asked him why that was, but he did. He had a pacemaker. And so, where I work, we have, like, a couple things that have, like, electric or magnetic fields or whatever. He was not allowed to be there for that. So You get
0: out of here. You. Look, I, just, I see you, like, shunning him instead of being like, <laughs> this is for your safety. Be like, get the fuck out of here. Like... If you die in here, do you know how do you many know, OSHA like, paperwork <laughs> I have to do? Get the fuck out of here, pacemaker! Like, just I feel like you're mean to him. <laughs> no, I was not mean to him at all. Yeah. Man, this is gonna be a fun episode for you well, to well, I always is. I get these episodes every time. I got both guest episodes, and I can't help me. Both guests up. We've had one guest. What was the thing I'm t- Oh, no, it was when we recorded from home, like, separate. <laughs> okay. I got both those episodes, is what I meant.
1: <laughs> the secret other
0: guest that we did an episode with and him. we deleted it, dear listener. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> They're the same idea, like, I'm editing the same way. <laughs> That's why I thought of it. But, I mean, sheep's just, because I don't own any right now, it's a smaller topic. So it's fine that we're being random. Goofy. But, yeah, I am pro-cybernetics. <laughs> Because to me, it's better than my current fake dumbass organs that could just, in the same way, just kill out for nothing. Like, just... I don't know.
1: My whole thing is, is that cloning slightly creeps me out. It's not like a full creep out, because I get it. Like, it's not really the same thing. Like, even, like, if you cloned a person, like, that person wouldn't be the same as you. But, like, I don't know. It just feels a little bit weird. There's just, like, this part of me where I'm like, just feels a little weird. And I think, like, it doesn't bother me with, like, vegetables or this or that. It doesn't even really bother me with animals. I think because with animals, animals don't really have, like, morality. So, like, they wouldn't even care anyway. Like, if you cloned a cat, they'd be like, fuck, this guy looks like me. What do I care? Beat him up. (laughs) Yeah. The shit do I care. But, like, if you, like, cloned me and there was another me running around, I would be like, the shit? (laughs) Please don't. Now I get to learn what was
0: nature versus nurture. And I'm like, Let's have a talk. <laughs> Except
1: for clones, normally don't live that long, though. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, there's I don't really I don't really know why that is. Dolly I don't know lived enough a long time about cloning, but I think typically clones don't live that long. Dolly lived a while. I don't, I don't know if that. it's like the DNA is messed up or what it is. <laughs> We're but bad
0: at it. <laughs> I probably. Love. Maybe that's it too. I think it's just so. that. But anyway, she or should we go to story time and just. Yeah. Roll into the random that's what I was gonna say I think it's time for so it's time for story, story to break up our not talking about sheep I guess
1: <laughs> we talked about sheep
0: and we're, we're gonna, gonna keep talking we're gonna about, talk about sheep, sheep. well Sorry. not really <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I got facts okay okay so the last story time is animal related sort of maybe kind of as we've mentioned we were both weird kids in different weird ways One of my weird things, because I moved around so much, I didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't have friends. I wasn't interested in having friends is the better way to put it. People would try to be my friend and I would be their friend at school and then want nothing to do with anyone when I got home. And I was still like that pretty much (laughs) through high school other than like two people. So I had a lot of things that I just did by myself. Like there was just this weird part of me. And consistently through my childhood, I know this is kind of common, I would always try to help like living things and do it very poorly because I'm a child and don't actually understand anything. And the one I'm thinking of in particular is I lived in the South where we had fire ants. And I mean, they were fucking everywhere. Like it was just part of your life. (laughs) You would probably get bit by a fire ant if you walked outside. It was just how it was. And I distinctly remember, for some reason, I was obsessed with checking the mail for anything I might get, even though I'm, like, eight and don't get anything. Like, I would just sort it. I would go through it and sort it and hand them to people and stuff. I don't know why I did this. No one told me to do this, but I would. And then I would also always listen to, like, the answer machine, which is an outdated concept. But I would always, even though no one calls me. Like, it was just something, it was part of my routine. Don't know why. And every day, when I would go get the mail, I would forget That there's a giant fire ant hill right where I stand at the mailbox. And I never wore pants. It was always sandals, if any, shoes, shorts, and maybe a shirt. Because I liked being naked when I was little. (laughs) And And I would sit there and sort the mail by the mailbox while they're all crawling up my leg. And then one would sting me and then I'd look down and be covered and have to go run to the hose and spray them off every fucking day. I don't know why I never remembered like, that that was a thing. I think it's because I would just unintentionally destroy it and so I'd have like a period of where they were rebuilding and not fighting me. Like, I don't know why. I always did that. And one day I decided I'm gonna make peace with these creatures. I'm going to rebuild them homes because I keep destroying theirs and I'm gonna put it in the backyard where I don't mess around as much and they'll be happy and it'll be okay. And I decided the best way for me to do that because I can't create the little mill pods of dirt is to get like mud and to make like these volcano type things in mud. And when I was little, my parents also didn't let me cut my hair. So I had long hair all the time. You probably see where this is going. So I'm bending over and like creating these little anthills and like corralling the fire ant colonies towards it to be like, look what I made you. Aren't you so happy? Let's have a peace treaty now and hundreds of them slowly crawled through my hair and got to my scalp (laughs) and stung the shit out of me and i couldn't get them out like they were like embedded i don't know how like no matter how much i washed my hair there was always like 10 left that would just keep biting my fucking scalp and then the next day like any kid would i decimated every fucking fire ant hill i could find i was like if you don't want peace it's war like and i just decimated i flooded the whole backyard i like i had this little kiddie pool and i filled it up and i would drag it because it weighed more than me i would forcibly drag it and just dump it like wherever i saw a fucking fire ant and i spent hours looking for them and decimating them (laughs) like like we will not have peace. <laughs> it's just no. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you?
1: As with all of these stories, I just want to know what your parents. <laughs> I don't
0: care what I'm doing. Just leave me alone. I'm distracted. That's good enough for them. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't even care that you just had ants in your hair. Well, I mean, I like was crying and went to mom. And she just told me, well, don't be stupid. <laughs> like, essentially, like, why would you let them crawl up your hair? And I was like, I was trying to make a peace treaty. Like, <laughs> they didn't listen to me. And, like, what's even funnier is she has pictures of me, like, building those. Like, I'm in this, like, summer flower dress. And I'm, like, having the time of my life creating a peace treaty with these ads. And she just has pictures of me, like, in the backyard. <laughs> Before the incident, like, where I'm happy. <laughs> well, well, so apparently she did, like, have feelings about you doing this, I mean, at like, least. She took those pictures, like, great. Like, she was back inside before the incident. Like, and I to come running in there, like, give up my hair. <laughs> my scalp was so sensitive when I was young, I remember. Probably because it got bit to shit by ants. Well, you ants. think that <laughs> I remember she had to curl my hair for something, and she put, like, the hot curlers in it. And the whole time I'm sitting there like really tense, like smush face, and she's like, Okay, so which one hurts? I'm like, all of them and I just take all of them out. <laughs> they <It> all hurts. <laughs> and she would pull on my hair I'm like, like just every moment. Like my I was so tender headed when I was little. And now it's not that at all. <laughs> I still my guess is because you got <laughs> all the trauma
1: <laughs> like, over the years. So Julie. So we've talked about sheep, and maybe there will be a little bit more of sheep in here. Actually, maybe, you know, maybe I should start this with one more sheep fact. Julie, what is October 27th? It's my birthday. What else is it? Hug a sheep day.
0: <laughs> National Hug a Sheep Day. It's so just... this is the perfect thing for Julie. Yeah, it was just so weird that I I was looking up fun facts like she is. I'm like, oh, my birthday is apparently Hug a Sheep Day. That's not random. <laughs> also...
1: The act of breeding sheep is known as tupping. I don't know why, but there are so many words related to sheep. Like, you look at, like, cats, nobody gives a shit. But, like, sheep, there's, like... They've always they, been a thing. <laughs> but it's also, like, there's a different name for all kinds of different sheep. Nobody gives a shit about cats. It's like, that's a male cat, female... I mean, I guess you could call it a tomcat, I guess. Some people do that. It's like, that's it. Nobody gives a shit. But sheep, it's like... They've got like 11 names for all different scenarios it's like I don't I don't care <laughs> but it's interesting oh uh, so yeah the act of breeding sheep is known as tupping which I just think is funny
0: it is a funny word so <laughs> sounds like a game with cups or something yeah it doesn't seem like it, it should seem like breeding <laughs> yeah it just sounds fun do you want to go Lita? like that it's not sexy at all <laughs> <laughs> and then instead you're just putting two sheep together like, how about it? <laughs> yeah, the tuppin'. Like, it's just, there's nothing sexy about that word. <laughs> so, the question,
1: the next question for Julie is what would your ultimate form be like? Besides there being, you know, one to, well, not one, because sheep have flocking tendencies.
0: So three. If there's nothing else you learned today. <laughs> <laughs> three to ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's your limit. That's your range right there. No,
1: it's the, the flocking thing, I guess, is interesting, just because that was part of the reason why sheep were easy to breed and were easy to not become cattle. Cattle is the wrong word. but Livestock. Yeah, to become a livestock is because they're really easy to manage. Like, they're probably one of the
0: easiest animals to manage. Hence why it's the next level. (laughs) Yes.
1: You basically just, like, have to scare them a little bit and then they'll flock together, and you have all your sheep. Like, it's kind of the point of shepherds and, like, you know, dogs.
0: Sheep dogs. Yeah, so, my ultimate, like, max level farmer. What does that dreamscape look like? One, I would have a giant fucking greenhouse.
1: <laughs> Fair.
0: Because I very much think in apocalypse terms, not necessarily, like, anything specific. Like, I'm not talking when the zombies come over or when the government shuts down. I just mean, like, in general, I think it is a high possibility that everything will go to shit. (laughs) I mean, as the last couple years have proven. Right. So I have, like, plans in that regard. And so I want, like, a conservatory to have very specific plants that I would not have access to in such a realm. So, like, chocolate, like, cocoa trees, vanilla bean, limes, those kinds of things that I don't want to lose in an apocalyptic world. So that would be like max level gardening would be to have all those crazy freaking things. And then I would love to have like, I like everything to kind of web together. So I like having bees because I have flowers and I have, I make medicinals and I make mead. And I like that that's all encompassing and works together. And so as sheep, I would want to grow particular barley or grasses that help promote their health. Or medicinal since they eat that shit and I'd also like alpaca because they have the best kind of manure like them and rabbits have the best manure for gardens so then I want that to put that in my garden and just have this big flowing thing that all goes together I want to plant plants for my bees I want to do the farm is just as much theirs as mine so but here's the thing if you have special crops in your
1: greenhouse because the sheep have been known to self-medicate, they might help themselves.
0: They break into my greenhouse? It's like, doored off. Break into the green... They, that'd be the goat. Break into the greenhouse and eat the lime. You know, my eucalyptus. Like, what are you, a koala? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, will eat all the, the limes and you'll be like, what benefit did you get from that? It's gonna hurt your tummy, you bastard. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, I would essentially like to have a fresh version of everything I enjoy. Like, I love plums, so I like growing plums. I love mulberries, so I want to grow mulberries, that kind of thing. And, of course, I want as much tech as possible. (laughs) I want it to be as easy as possible at all times. I do not... I'm one of those people that thinks it's stupid to take pride in making something harder. I've never understood that it's very much... I think it's more of a masculinity thing than any concept I've found. But, I mean, with women, it tends to come across as talking about how hard it is for them to do the same task not necessarily that they're setting themselves up to make the task harder it's that well I didn't sleep last night so then I was already exhausted when I had to come in and do that thing that you also did sounds like you make mistakes what's so not my fucking prop like <laughs> that's the feminine version of it the masculine version of it is yeah well I pulled this back muscle in 99 and thus this is gonna be so much harder for me and I'm gonna make it harder by making this way more and I'm like why (laughs) you're being dumb like that's what that is like that doesn't (laughs) but people will do that people will undermine like you doing something because you're not doing it the hard way and so it's not the right way I'm like isn't that kind of the opposite of what's supposed to be like I'm not saying every correct way is easy obviously there are things you have to do the hard way because we don't have a better way or it is better to do it that way because XYZ. But fuck you if you say I'm not doing something correctly because I have an automatic watering system. No, I don't want to haul a fucking can around if I don't have to. It's the same goddamn water. Like, and if anything, it's more efficient. Like, so Yeah, I guess like I'm kind of confused as to what what examples
1: you're meaning by this. Yeah, like, it so what are a things lot. like that people would give you a hard time for doing the easier way?
0: with beekeeping is a common one. With beekeeping, a lot of beekeepers are very traditional, which makes sense, it's an old time hobby. One of the ways is that the flow hives, which the setup is not great on those hives, but the concept I really like, and that's instead of going in and taking all their honeycomb and processing it, you make it to where they have the comb set in a plastic grid and you turn a lever that opens that wax cap and lets the honey flow. And then you turn the lever back after you've gotten the honey from the spout and they just make repairs. To me that is better for them, easier for me. If I want wax I'll have a different hive that doesn't have that flow capability. If I just want honey, that's the, to me that's the best option. And so a lot of traditional beekeepers will tell you not to do that. And they don't have a reason. I can understand if you say, well, it's new technology. We don't know how they react to the materials and that. Okay, that's a good reason. But that's not what they do. They always say, like, no, you have to do it this way. Why? Well, that's how it's done. So we shouldn't improve on anything? Like, that's, like, okay. And then um, how, like, you stake tomatoes and stuff like that. Like, there's just particular ways they want it traditional or nothing. Hmm. And, or if you use certain organic pesticides, everything like that. I do companion planting so that it's a natural pesticide in that way. And then if I absolutely have to, I'll use like a neem oil or something to that effect. But there's a lot, I can't, now that you put me on the spot, I can't think of like a ton of them. No, I mean, I was just kind of curious
1: because I wasn't sure like <laughs> improvements and things that you were making. I was like, oh, who's,
0: who's giving you shit about this? Yeah. It's a so... common thing. And then the one I think of all the time has to do with music And that's, I played barry sax for marching band, which if any of you know, that's a fucking heavy piece of shit instrument. Like, uh, I met one other person on another, like, away team who did barry sax for marching band. And I got a harness. Like, I got this whole setup that went around my shoulders and chest to support the saxophone. And the guy I met had just the neck strap like a normal saxophone. And I said, oh, do you know about the harness? He said, yeah. And why don't you use it? Well, because I'm a man. And I went, oh, so you're a dumbass? I was like, and you want to make things harder to prove you're a masculinity? Like, what the fuck? Fine. Be stupid. Like, <laughs> and that, that's everywhere in life, but it seems like when I talk to beekeepers a lot of the time, they'll tell, they'll correct me on a lot of things. And then when I ask them why we do it that way instead of my way, they don't have an answer. That's just not the way they want to do it. And that's yeah. fine. Like, that's cool, but don't bitch at me about what I'm doing. Right? I mean, that is an
1: answer, but yeah. Um, Hey, why does it matter? I don't know. That's, like, kind of what always irritates me about that kind of thing in general. Because it's, like, okay, like, it's fine if you're doing it, but, like, you don't have to, like, complain at me because I'm doing it differently than you just because I'm not doing it the way that you are.
0: Yeah. What does it matter to you? I'm not you. Well, I think it bothers me because I always get it. Like, no matter where I'm at, I'm always trying to find a better way to do something, especially if it takes too much time or is hard or it irritates me. I would rather waste 10 hours trying to make something easier that takes me three hours than to spend three hours every time I do it. That's just too... That's how I am at work. That's how I am in my life. And I get a lot of flock from it at work because I work in a tech industry, which means a bunch of old people don't know what's the fuck's going on and they get irritated with change. And it just applies to all kinds of forms of life. And the reason why I brought up the farming was because like farming is a traditional old style thing. And a lot of them are getting pushed out because of big industry being able to mainstream it. And admittedly, they do a lot of things that they shouldn't like with the genetic changes to the seeds to make it a certain way or the pesticides or yeah, all that is not a good movement forward, but I can have an automatic watering system. I can have a beehive that you just rotate and get honey without disturbing them. Like, they're just because one company does it the wrong way doesn't mean there's a right way mm-hmm. can't be done of that, doing that futuristic thing. Mm-hmm. So, with so my farm, have... it'd be very high tech. It'd be me experimenting, me doing a lot of things to try to make it as efficient without my hand as possible. So, then do you have,
1: so are you saying you have weird feelings about GMOs? Because I actually have
0: feelings about GMOs. GMOs. I don't know if we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. It's, So my problem with GMOs and the organic versus not like all those kinds of things, specifically when you're talking about food, a lot of people don't know what the fuck any of it means. And so they get upset without understanding why and what it means. And then the same people do the opposite where they specifically buy organic non-GMO and talk about that's all they'll eat. And I go, that's not what I call organic. That's not what I say is this and that. As a farmer, that's not how I understand it. I'm all about genetic advancement, about manipulation, all that kind of stuff. When it goes too far is when I see like lawsuits and cases about specificity of certain breeds that companies create. There was is a, uh, I can't, I think it was Bonnie. They had like a truck moving seeds that they created this specialty tomato that only they were supposed to have. This genetic monstrosity that's supposed to be superior in every way. Some of the seeds blew off the truck into a local farm. It grew those plants, because why wouldn't it? They're super seeds. And they sued that farm for having those plants on their land. What fucking bullshit is that? Like, right. that that's the level that it's like, what are you doing? Like, that's so... And yeah. because of that, I know there are parts of it that are probably horrible for me and horribly wrong. But the concept itself of duplicating vegetables, creating new ones, doing these weird things to make them different, I'm not totally opposed to.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, maybe this is partially, like, a thing that I have as a scientist. Like, I, I guess, like, a lot of people don't understand that the concept of GMOs is not bad. Because mm-hmm. the concept of GMOs could literally be as small as adding vitamins to something that doesn't have that many vitamins like that could be a gmo and like obviously it's like okay yeah that's not a bad thing like you know you could talk about like i guess you know like one of the circumstances i've heard about this for is like countries who are suffering who you know they don't really get a lot of vitamins and this and that and it's like yeah if you make a crop and you're able to give it to them and then grow it and they're able to eat it, then yeah, they're going to get more of that vitamin and that's good, you know, because it's not a natural thing that they would get. So on and so forth. Like, there's examples like that. Um It does get, like, a little bit weird when you're starting to get into things that are, like, monstrosities and, you know, like, things that are just completely wild. But, like, I don't think it's that for the most part. Like, I think that people overestimate how much stuff like that is happening it's like no like typically what it is is they're trying to make it more pesticide resistant they're trying to make it hardier you know maybe a little bit bigger it's like that's typically what they're trying to do (laughs)
0: well when you look back on history that is literally what agriculture is this is just the modern version of it that we're doing genetic manipulation back in the day corn is a man-made vegetable I don't care who you are. Corn used to just be a tiny little grass that we couldn't even process. And then it was bred into what it is today. And that is technically just the evolution of what we're doing now. Like, or the We're doing the evolution of that now. We just have better science and we're able to manipulate it faster. It's not that we never manipulated genetics of plants or anything. It's just that we do it on a different level now. And I do think it goes wrong in some degree, like... Krista was even saying, like, sometimes there's a monstrosity. And yeah, I can taste the difference in certain things. Like, I don't like store-bought tomatoes. They... But what they've done to it most of the time... Don't get upset at me because you found some tomato that has some horrible deformity. Most of the time, they put, like, fish DNA within it so the skin is stronger. So that it doesn't bruise when it's shipped. And that takes away some of the flavor. So... That I think is fine. That makes sense. And especially in a world where population control is an issue, we need to find ways that people can still get nutrients and food without having to wait until it's the time of the year to get a tomato or the time of the year to do certain things. Because people kind of forgot about that luxury that it's kind of not been around that long that you could just get whatever you wanted at any time at a grocery store. Like you, you should... Used to be strawberries and peaches were summer only. Like, you don't get those the rest of the year. And then we started importing and we started doing the genetic GMO manipulation and everything. So, I don't think people fully understand that pretty much anything you eat has something slightly done to it. Unless you see the person who created, like, grew it and get it from them. Like, that's just the nature of it. Also, there is a second thing
1: about... I guess this sort of, I guess this has to do more with, like, the uh, organic part of it. That's bullshit. There's no
0: technical term to properly mean free-range or organic. And anyone that will fight me on that can go suck on an asshole. Like, that's, I hate having an argument.
1: My thing about that is, like, okay, so, like, kind of like what you were talking about, like, how you, like, co-plant things. And, you know, you try to do these ways of, like, keeping uh, pests off. Um, just kind of like a natural way and this and that, you know, there's ways to do things without pesticides and that's great. I I don't really like necessarily have a problem with that, but like kind of what you were just saying about, you know, people like not remembering what things used to be like, like there is a reason why a lot of people use pesticides. It's because in some places, if you didn't, you wouldn't have crops, like bugs would come and eat all your crops. And then in some places, that can't happen. Like you would starve to death and die because you would have nothing. And it's just like it's so irritating. Like, I mean, I guess it's a privilege thing, I suppose is what it is, but it's so irritating when people are like, Oh yeah, you have to eat organic. That's like the thing you have to do. And it's like you don't you don't understand that like for some people that's just not
0: possible. No. A lot of that stems from <laughs> invasive species coming into a location we were never supposed to be able to fight that like none of the plants we have we're supposed to be able to fight this specific insect because it's not supposed to be here like so we have to adapt we have to do something to take them out and also it just irritates me people don't understand that organic is a loose term technically by the FDA you probably still have fucking pesticides on your fruit. Like, it doesn't matter. That's not... It's a very loose term. And the only way I believe in organic is if it looks fucked up and it came from someone's personal garden. Because there's even stands that will have tomatoes and stuff before tomato season. And they're all perfect. Because they just go to a grocery store and buy them. And I see it all the time. And so it's... I don't use pesticides unless I absolutely have to. And I use, like... A very particular method, because I have bees, like, I make a point to do that. You can't do that in mass production. That's not viable. It doesn't matter how much you want it to be. You have to use fungicides. You have to use all this stuff because we've changed the world. Like, we've made it to where the natural stuff just doesn't work where it's supposed to anymore. And so people who don't understand that just, you can't argue with them. They just
1: Or even, too, when you're talking about, like, third world countries, which, I mean, I know, okay... A lot of people maybe don't like to talk about that, but, like, I think that that is, like, a thing that people should talk about. Like, it's, like, when you're sitting here saying, like, oh, everybody's, like, fucked the world up because, you know, you can't do organic. Like, organic's not the natural way, and it's, like, there's some people where, like, that's not, like, you can't do that like that because... That is like the food that they eat. And if they don't have food to eat, like they'll die, they'll starve to death. That's how that is, humans work. <laughs> that's what will happen. And yeah. like, it's like cool of you, I guess, in a way, to have these views and like, you know, to, because, you know, people seeing things that they view as wrong in the world and wanting things to be better. That's cool. But like, there's consequences to things. And I think sometimes people don't think about the consequences. Like, it's like, not every situation is going to work for everybody all the time, whether you want it to or not. That just will not happen.
0: <laughs> well, I find it's there's this concept people feel, especially when you talk about like climate change. I can't have that kind of impact on the world. Excuse me? Do you not see, like, even if you haven't been here that long, we change the world drastically, we change our environment drastically. And that's, like, you can't... You never can go back to the old days. Like, it doesn't matter how hard you try or what you... You might be able to find pockets of it, admittedly, but, like, in general, it's just not viable. We've expanded. We've grown. We've changed. We've changed the world. Thus, things aren't going to be the same, no matter how hard. Oh, I remember when blueberries used to taste like blueberries. Do you? Do you now? Do you know that the banana flavor, we harvested that f- fruit into extinction and it got diseased because we tried to transport it and stuff so that flavor doesn't exist in the world naturally anymore like yeah we do that shit and i'm not saying it's right or wrong it's just something as a species that we do and i'm tired of people just saying well i remember 40 years ago yeah we can't get back there just like your knees can't just fuck off like it doesn't your own body changes why is it so hard for you to think that the world wouldn't change like i don't understand (laughs) people try
1: to make things easier people try to improve stuff like i mean that's even like the thing and i mean to get on a very hot weird topic i mean that i probably don't want to talk about way too much uh this is something that some like confuses me about anti-vaxxers because it's like for example something Like polio or tuberculosis. It's like, so you talk about the good old days. You want to talk about when that was the thing? When it was like pretty likely that somebody you knew was going to get polio and it was like a crippling condition? Or tuberculosis that just like tons of women would just die from tuberculosis that you want to talk about the good old days? It's like, no. You make improvements. You move forward. That's what you try to do because like, shit sucks (laughs) like i mean there's plenty of things that suck right now and you still like you try to do your best to make things better i don't i don't understand what's
0: so hard about that it's just part of basic survival like you want to get better you want to be better for the future and it seems like so many people are so caught up in their own world yes and simultaneously think they can't impact anything and think that everything impacts them and I'm like, you can't have it both ways. Like, either you mean nothing, or you mean something. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you just pick and choose when it's convenient for you to matter or not matter. Like, anyone can change the world. Like, that's just part of it. Like, some dude eats a bat somewhere. Whole world's different. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's something like that. And yeah, there's obviously more steps. <laughs> like. At the end of the day, like that was the catalyst like you can just fucking eat a bat and you'll change the world. Like that's
1: that's what it was. That's what it That's all it
0: was. Some dude somewhere ate a bat like, and the world was never the same. And it's I so don't, you know be like that but be but the better positive, the better version. Stop the guy from eating the bat. You like, see a guy
1: about to eat a bat. You're like, "Hey, dude, that went really bad last right. time." How about we don't do that? <laughs>
0: but, but that's the other thing about the world is like, you see the chain of events when something bad happens because you want a reason and because you're trying, or because you're trying to fix it, so that one person changed the world by doing this one bad thing. You won't remember the guy that stopped him if it never happened because it didn't happen, right? And so it's, that's the other part of it is like, you could be very important today and not even know that you've done this thing to change the whole world because you just prevented something bad from happening. And that's what scientists, I think, try to do most of the time. They try to make a positive impact that prevents bad things from getting worse or from happening.
1: That's what I like to believe. A lot of people don't like to believe that about scientists. No, they just want to think
0: you're the evil one. Like, they just, they remember the bad ones. That's another reason, another hot topic, like mass shootings and stuff, like you remember that guy that did that horrible thing. Do you remember the name of the person who eventually stopped him? Right. Probably not. Like that, and that's not fair and it shouldn't be like that, but that's just how we work. That's how humans work. They will remember something bad before they remember something good. Yeah, and I think like the other thing
1: too that people don't think about is they don't think about how things are very complicated because like, okay, I don't know, for example, we'll use something like birth control like the estrogen that type of pill so you know back in the day the purpose of it was to basically save people from having horrible pregnancies and dying because of it because that was a very real thing at one time like you would get pregnant and die and that was a thing that happened to a lot of people and a lot of families and that was basically the point of the pill yes there are maybe some problems that people have with it now. Like, I know, like, it's kind of starting to get a bad rep for some of these things. And it's not... I'm not saying anything about that one way or the other. It's just... Sometimes I think people forget, like, why, why this happened in the first place. Like, they'll be like, this was a horrible, awful thing, scientists. How could you have done this? And it's like, trying to help. <laughs> and this was the okay. solution yeah. at the time. And, you know, now maybe we have better evidence that, you know, there's different things that you could do that, like, this isn't the only option. But, at the time, that was the option. Yeah. It was that,
0: or don't take it, and, you know. And die. Yeah, <laughs> risk of death. I think it was, like, I know it was crazy high at some point. I think it was, like, a 60% average. Like, it was above half. And I think even today, in America, we're still high. Like, we're at a 33% average of, like, uh, mother mortality rates which is unacceptable, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, But the other thing is people, you'll have 100 100 case studies about a vaccine, a drug. One of those will end up in something bad, extreme or not. That's what people focus on. People want to think they're that 1% when it's something bad and not the 99% good. And then even then, it's usually over-exaggerated or just some really weird anomaly. Like, this person was struck by lightning six times, which resulted in their cells doing this, which means they reacted really poorly to this <laughs> thing. Like, were you struck six times by Probably fucking not. Like, just, you probably aren't that guy. And then... And to be fair, what a cool life you've lived. I mean, like, to be fair, (laughs) if you got taken out by a pill, I don't think people are going to talk about that. No. I mean, it does suck to be struck by lightning six times. (laughs) And, like, for (laughs) me, my thing is I've fallen out of roller coasters. That doesn't stop other people from getting on them. I'm weird. Like, I had a weird situation. That was me. Like, you're probably not going to fall out of one. (laughs) That's just part of it. And then... It's just like we said, like people get stuck on the bad. They don't think about the intention or the good that came of it. I think there's a lot. So,
1: people of the educational system, if you're out there, I don't know. I don't know the 10 people who listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, I think that there's a lot of classes and things that people, young people, could benefit from. And I think that one of them is. Because I was about to say this, and then I kind of regretted it in my mind. That sometimes I feel like we have too much information. But I don't think that that's quite what the problem is. I think the problem... Yeah, it's more... People don't understand what to do with that information. They don't understand what that information means. Essentially, they don't know how to take something that's scientific and make assumptions about it that are relevant to their own life. And, you know, that's, that is a big thing in science because, so like, for example, for a while I've been watching this YouTuber who's like a nutritionalist. And one of the things that I like about her is when she'll talk about things, she'll talk about positive research. She'll talk about negative research. She'll talk about research if it's mid-ground. And like, I think that that sometimes too isn't, Something that people always understand. Like, you know, you can have research that tells you, no, basically this won't happen. You can have research that tells you yes, basically this will happen. You can have research that's kind of more mid ground, which is like essentially
0: given it the right seems circumstances. Like this
1: happens, but we don't have enough evidence. Yeah. Whereas you'll have some where it's like, Yeah, like this fucking happens. Like we have done so much research or like a bunch of people have done so much. And that that is a whole thing because A lot of people, you know, like, um, one thing you could take is like diet supplements and like things like that. There's like this whole thing out in the industry where it's not been very regulated by the FDA. There's no studies done on it. Or if there is, it's essentially mid-ground research where it's like, eh, maybe a mouse reacted
0: this way once, but we only did this the one time. (laughs) I literally have a tea that I drink that just says it could help your heart. Why would you even put that on there? Like, we don't know. It could, though. Like, like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that's the thing
1: that people are missing. And I think that having that kind of thing in school, essentially a thing that's like, here is what to do with information that's presented to you in the real world. Here's what to think about it, you know, where to research. Because, I mean, even this is like a thing with, like, voting and, like, political stuff. Like, it's like, you know, you should... Do your research. Like, that is a thing. Like, it's a thing with anything. There's that, and then there's also cooking.
0: Yeah, economics and stuff. Yeah, because,
1: and taxes. Yeah. So, Definitely taxes. You should bring that stuff
0: back. <laughs> well, I think what stems from it is when we're young and in school, it's really important that you know the difference between a fact and an opinion. Like, that's drilled into you throughout all your years. And the only facts we have is historical. Because, like, someone was there. This is what happened. Technically, science can change. That's the beauty of it. That you learn more. And what was a fact yesterday then becomes false. Like, that's not true anymore. The Earth isn't the center of the galaxy. Like, that's mm-hmm. no longer a fact. And people can't wrap their head around that. Like, that's something because of how we're, like, taught, at least in American schools. No. That's either fact or it's not. Like, it's a fact today. Like, it's evidence shows that's what happens today. Or that's what we know.
1: Also, uh, everybody, I kind of almost even want to whisper this in the microphone. Uh, you should be wary that history is not always fact. <laughs> yeah, because. <the>
0: winners <laughs> write the history. Yeah,
1: winners write historical books. Uh, they tried to eliminate the Trail of Tears from <laughs> historical books. just saying saying. (laughs) but
0: (laughs) well what blows my mind about learning history is within our lifetime we still called Native Americans Indians when we were young but that wasn't corrected until we got older and stuff like that blows my mind I'm like we were that far along in society we were still doing that shit like that's unacceptable like what And only recently has Columbus been shit on publicly. Like, and that should have happened pretty much instantly. Like, even during his time period, everyone there knew he was a piece of shit. Like, and I don't understand why we glorified him at any point in time in our history. But my idea was just that someone saw it happen. So it's technically a fact. Like, it was, it happened. It was there. What we wrote down may not be the fact, (laughs) but conceptually... What you've witnessed is the only facts you really have that are true and will not change. It's but weird. That's... I
1: was... Because I was talking about this recently. Like, the fact... Like, some of the stuff that happened and has, like, changed when we were kids and thing. So, like, one of the ones... I was, I was talking recently to somebody about um, when I played Ocarina of Time. That, like, around the time that I played it, I basically played it for seven years until I beat it. Part of the reason why I did that was because I didn't want to look anything up. And... The person who I was talking to was basically like, oh, well, I guess you could have, you just kind of like chose not to. And I was like, uh, if I'm like thinking back to what the internet was like around you that need time. need a strategy guide. Like I could have, but the internet was not very trustworthy when we were kids. Like you could find things, things existed. The internet was like certainly better than it was, I don't know, 30 years ago, but like there was a lot of suspicious things, and, like, it seemed like unless you trusted a website, you were probably gonna get scammed or get a virus from that website, so. Yeah, just, like, trolls galore. So, yeah, it's weird that even, like, that has changed. Because,
0: like, now, yeah, if I'm playing a video game, if I want to look something up, it's, like, you find the exact, like, video <laughs> right in the moment. Like, they tell you all the secrets. It's easy as shit. <laughs> well, I remember, like... When I didn't, when I asked my parents a question, and instead of telling me, I don't know, let's figure it out, they're like, you should read the dictionary to learn that. And that was a common thing. Like they just tell you like, look it up in the dictionary. It's like that concept today is the dumbest thing. In retrospect like i mean at the time it was the best we had so i get like why it was but when you if you told a kid that today they would probably like kick you in the shin like it's like that's a stupid thing to tell a kid to do and then Dude. my parents if i had a question about something in general they would buy me an encyclopedia and i, I would just that. read encyclopedia. that's what i was gonna say is do
1: you remember when they used to sell those encyclopedias where it would be like a through z and like I you had, had to those. buy them in sections <laughs>
0: I had those, and then my mom, like, would just buy them for me if I had a, like, I asked her what happens after you die, and so she bought me encyclopedias on religion and heaven and, like, <laughs> instead of, I don't know, just talking to me, like. <laughs> she bought you the encyclopedia yeah. for D. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, what's funny about my story, is like, where were your parents at? I'm like, they would buy me encyclopedias instead of talking to me about a subject, so, like, it's not surprising they were just absent for this moment, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Like, why would I have an intellectual conversation with a child? Like, I'll just give her a book. (laughs) She can figure it out. She can figure it out if she cares that much. (laughs) And now you just Google everything. Like, it ain't no thing. And we have moved so far away from the
1: topic (laughs) of (laughs) sheep.
0: We didn't have a lot to go on. It was just a silly episode, really. And so then we just turned it into whatever we felt like at the moment, I guess. This is gonna be a fun one for you to edit. It always is.
1: (laughs) I always get the weird ones. (laughs) Clearly we don't know that much about sheep, but... We know that sheep have flocking tendencies. <laughs> God damn it. Everyone will know <laughs> from the end of time. Look, this is the thing, guys. If you know this, you have one sheep, it's not gonna work, but you, you get can't. two more sheeps, they're gonna attract together the like The of sheep is sheep. Quit saying sheep. <laughs> the sheep will attract together like a magnet. And they'll be- <laughs> This is how they work, people. They'll be friends whether they want to or not. By necessity. And mm-hmm. they'll remember each other for life. <laughs> That's that's the <laughs> fucked up thing about sheep. They don't sheep. Come they, on! They don't tell you. You put you put three sheep together. They're bonded. This was passion for your passions with Krista and Julie, where we talked about sheep, kind of a little bit, maybe. On the next episode, we're finally talking about anime.
0: Text me. I want to have Thanksgiving on November 20th. Dot, dot, dot. What say you? Like, from the race. like she put it in air quotes because she's watching Lauren. Why do I always get the fucked up opening things? <laughs> like, it's clean when you record for you, but every time we record for me, like, the beginning is the hardest thing for me to get through because I'm like, what did we do? <laughs> Why?
1: No, I saved that part because I figured if it was funny, you could use it for the ending. So there you go. I'm I'm thinking for you in the future. You'll
0: listen to this and probably do a chuckle. No, it just irritates me. I'm like, I just need the beginning, people. Like, get this shit out of here.